how do I present this thing? Um, Fuck my ass. Very carefully. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't have the notes in front of me because uh, then the screen recording oh, wouldn't do. work. Okay, Cause, good. Because I wrote the notes on this. Run it. Uh, along, with, along with Victoria. So, 27 oh, slides. Easily. We'll, we'll podcast. work through it very quickly. Uh, it's an Alice podcast with slides. This is a bonus episode, so you yeah, don't need introductions. Stop fucking complaining about not getting it. They come out at the end of the month. Shut the hell up. You've done this you, for months. If you knew how much work it is to make one of these happen, you would feel ashamed of your words and deeds. I think this is the hardest anyone's ever they worked, including the guy who like, got dunked in the hot acid vat. I'm working harder than that guy ever did. Oh, right hang on, now. let me let me pause I'm, my torrents. Sorry, I'm I was wondering why you guys were breaking up. <laughs> this is what I mean. Yeah, oh this God. is what I mean. I personally have more endurance and bravery than any United States Marine. You can put that on the fucking record. I don't uh, know. I don't know is... that the guy, the guy who fell in the molden in, in the vat, acid vat. I don't know that he was working especially hard. I think he just got unlucky. Um, I just want I, to point out that I'm missing North Carolina, Iowa State for this because I had to pack my other monitor. So I don't know what any of those words mean. It's it's well, there's your problem. It's a yeah, bonus, it's episode. The bonus, bonus episode, episode with hostility. Yes, we got we got our best returning guest, Victoria Scott, on to talk about <laughs> cars again. Yes, thank you very much. I you're much you see, kind. You yes, see before you a sigil, and what that sigil says to you is. E, 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 e. Because we are going to talk about the Ford Edsel. Yes. This looks like a golden age, I don't know, some sort of very shitty superhero it's a good, symbol. It's, it's a good looking logo. <laughs> it's a good looking logo. Meet the Green Lantern's cousin, the Green E-Turn. Yes. It's, they um... should be like spinning onto screen and like a sort of superhero thing. Yeah, exactly. We can't so let's, hum let's, the Batman theme because then we'll get copyright struck. Exactly. So let's Batman sort of scene transition over to the next slide, yes. please. And we can start talking about American cars. The thing about American cars, too many fucking brands. Yeah. Too many of them. You gotta do something about this shit. And it was worse back in the day. Because so it's a big country. You need lots of types of cars. Well, see, this is the thing. Initially you did, and initially they were like 50 different car companies because some asshole just set up a car company and you can make a car in your shed. Yes, the American then, Locomotive Company made cars. Yeah, um, uh, there was a, a automobile company in York uh, named uh, Pullman uh, who simply stole the name uh, because Pullman <laughs> train cars were very good. Well, so did <laughs> British Pullman, in fairness. Yeah. Uh, and then you had, uh, you had, the, uh, you had Stanley Steamers. You had a, uh, you had a uh, watch. it? You had Studebakers. You had a, uh, you had your um, uh, what's the one? Packards. You had your uh, you had your um, uh, you could have a do a, a Doble steam yep. car. Nash. Yeah, yes, Nash. a Doble steam uh, car. Your you favorite. Got a, you got a Nash Rambler. <laughs> Here's a fun thing about like the way the early American auto industry was. I've driven a car called a Columbia. It was made by some guy who was a union general in like the civil war and he built bicycles and then cars came around he's like these newfangled contraptions seem like excellent sellers and started a car company and it was oh, actually yeah. the first car company two bicycles together <laughs> basically that's what it, the driving didn't experience Renault was like. basically do that didn't Renault start off making so. bikes or is that a, yeah 
Benz as yeah. well, I think. Peugeot I mean, or Citroen. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, the Mercedes Benz patent motor wagon was a tricycle. It wasn't a bicycle. Oh, it was I was wheels. talking about Peugeot, not Renault. My apologies. So, so this is this is sort of like car feudalism, right? Yeah. Because we're all Marxists here. We all understand yeah. this, and no, so as part no, of like a... no, no, we, no, <laughs> part, no, 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 no. It's part of a dialect. No, we wrong, all wrong. understand this as yes. part of a process of dialectical materialism. So primitive accumulation <laughs> happens. You get yes. every cunt starts a car company, and yes. then a few of those car companies succeed, but most of them don't. And so the unprofitable ones, those should wither on the vine, except they don't. What happens is that the big companies buy them and they keep those names going. Uh, and so something like Packard or whatever, that survives for a while and then it just gets consumed into one of what we are calling here in this typology, the big three. Yes. Uh, so if we go vertically on this graph, we have on the left, Ford in the middle, General Motors, and on the right, Chrysler. These are the big three and they contain within them all of these brands. Man, I wanted DeSoto so fucking because, bad. Because companies are people, they all contain multitudes. Yes. That's right. Yes. I, I would still uh, I'd still go with a Studebaker. Give, give uh, me the Studebaker. Soto adventurer, man. It's got a grill that looks like it's about to eat you. <laughs> the thing is, so I, I, I which... kind of prefer the pre-Raymond Lowy Studebakers to the uh, Raymond Lowy ones. Wow, that is a fucked up and wrong opinion. <laughs> so, so, so the way in which they sorted these different brands was roughly by price range and by like exclusivity and by styling. Underneath, they used a lot of the same tooling, they used a lot of the same designers, they were assembled in a lot of the same places. But the idea was, you would buy, you would go in as your sort of 1950s salaryman, you would buy a Ford, say. And that would be your like entry level car, and you would get promoted at work, and you would upgrade from that, and you would buy a Mercury, and you get promoted a few more times at work, and you upgrade from that, and you get a Lincoln, um, and that's the like difference. They're all within the Ford family, um, and this is in part a product of a kind of uh, industrial philosophy called Sloanism, which is named after the uh, fucking CEO of GM, Alfred P. Sloan. Whose Wikipedia page has three controversies sections. Overly rational and profit-driven orientation, accounting system drawbacks, and Nazi collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> Less like, than ideal. Yeah, I see, will say that process is called badge engineering. Modern executives yes. only have two of those things. They don't care about profits anymore. <laughs> In our biggest industrial sector. No. <laughs> well, because G GM GM owned Opal, as in like the Opal Blitz, the truck that the Nazis used. So like, it, uh, like Sloan went into sort of doing business with Nazi Germany and stayed in it for a surprisingly long time, very much with his eyes open. Oh, um, that's not surprising, Alice. Yeah, no. So Sloanism is we have this this like Fordist production line. We have this sort of efficiency. It's now so efficient that we can do sort of like interchangeability and flexibility and make a bunch of different cars with different supply chains. Um, and eventually this gets to the point that like, you're trying to sell people on the idea that you need to buy a new car every year. And the reason why you need to buy a new car every year is because this year it has a slightly different fender. Or like, slightly different hubcaps. Yes. Um, and these the sort of like, these changes in style keep it like current. They're meant to attract women, because women be shopping. 
Um, <laughs> to a certain extent, the reason why you have like a high-end range is also to attract men, because men love to be showing off status. They love to be like, got the promotion at work, I do be love to so show I status. bought a Buick instead of a Chevy. Um, it much easier to impress other men with cars than women. <laughs> Yeah. The other thing I would say, too, is like you need to understand what level we were thinking about women uh, as car shoppers in the mid and late 50s. So uh, Harley Mm -hmm. Earl at GM had like a team of women that as soon as he left, they all got fired and they were like his designers. And that was it. That was like that was the end of women designing cars in American the American auto industry for probably like another 50 years. And the only one of the only cars for women ever developed and sold was the uh was it the Dodge? Yeah, the the Dodge I think it was a Dodge La Femme. And it was a Dodge Lancer <laughs> oh, yes, basically. Femme. Yes, it was a Dodge Lancer resprayed in pastel pink uh with that came with a matching purse and umbrella. And it came out in fifty five and fifty six, I... I think. And it was like I need a Dodge was... La Femme so oh. badly. I, so when I do my lookbook, um, I know a lady who works for Chrysler, who, and they've got one in their museum, and I'm like begging her, just like, let me have an hour with this with a trans woman, and we can make this incredible. But it is the most <laughs> sexist vehicle ever developed. And that was like the cutting edge of, oh my god, women buy cars. So like, we are in the stone age of even thinking about women um, in the 50s in the auto industry. And we've clearly come a Rotating huge way, a because now... Because now, you know, a whole 7% of executive boards on car companies are women. So, you know, we've made massive strides. But I just I just have to clarify. Would you like, like a we... Volvo, the most feminine car of all? <laughs> Please tell me a Volvo 850R. I miss mine so much. Didn't, uh, didn't, didn't Henry Ford... Women love those. Henry Ford made yes. his wife drive an electric car because electric cars were for, were for women. Yeah, that was actually an interesting subplot with Columbia. So the car that I drove, I drove a Columbia, it was a 1908 Columbia Electric Victoria Phaeton. And their whole thing, their whole marketing campaign. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, and I loved it. It was great because it was meant for me because it was, it didn't have, the thing was, it was like pre-starters. So it, you know, old combustion cars get to crank. And the whole thing with electric cars, like they didn't require strength and they weren't dirty and they didn't require fueling and they were had fewer moving parts and their marketing campaigns were like actively targeted at women. And then basically what happened was like the depression hit, a bunch of those companies folded, EVs starting to lose out to gas cars. I wonder why that is. Um, that's a whole other episode. But in any case, like that whole era of marketing to women kind of disappeared. You went from like the Queen of England bought her like uh, Princess Anastasia or some bitch, I don't know, some British asshole. Um, <laughs> some pedophile, yeah. An electric car, yeah, some electric car to get around her, you know, manor grounds in. And then it basically was like, yeah, women just don't drive. And like when they do, you know, it's because they borrowed their husband's car. And then it wasn't until the 50s when they started to even conceptualize yeah, exactly. the idea that women do be shopping and they be buying when they be shopping. Yeah, and this is like this. This is the car that your like your wife impresses upon you to get, right? Like, it's it's the same way that advertisers use children now, literally. Of, uh, your wife will like push you to get this car because it looks nice. You need a huge SUV so the child you run over won't be your own. <laughs> Slow down, save a life, Ross. Absolutely. <laughs> So, so, so my question is, like, 
how did it get this bloated that we have, particularly in the mid-range, like, a, a GM has three mid-range brands, Buick, Pontiac, and Oldsmobile. Well, Chrysler has because... Dodge, DeSoto, and Chrysler. Because they were all marketed at like it was. I think the thing you have to think about too is like, and this is something I probably should talk about later in the episode. But like nowadays, I would say cars are a little bit more globally targeted, right? Like Kia has a built a image for their range that encompasses like both like cool EVs, and they had the Stinger for a while. I think that's getting discontinued, but that was like their young, you know, thirty-something sports sedan. And they've got you know their SUVs that appeal to like pragmatic people, and they've got like little off-roader versions. And like you know, people have kind of their entire brand globally can do a lot more. And I think the conception was until much more recently that you had to every brand needed to be targeted at a specific market in the same way that like a specific model would now. So like Pontiac was sporty and well, so was Oldsmobile. They were kind of some overlap there, but like, you know, the other thing too is like, you know, Cadillac was the, this price range, high, medium, low is undersells it. Cadillac was specifically for white men. Okay. Like Cadillac wouldn't sell to black people in the fifties. And part of the reason that like Cadillacs are, it, like there was such a big thing in like the 60s and 70s when like black people started being able to buy Cadillacs because it was the you had to know someone to get one. It was explicitly like, uh, you know, it was the Cadillacs were built off of like with different motors and different platforms and they were significantly, you know, meant to be a quality wise a cut above, but they also like reinforced the racial and monetary hierarchy of the US, right? And like, yes. yeah, Cadillacs. You can make an argument that they still do that, but like that was an explicit point of their creation was that they were meant to be like solidify the existing hierarchies. And like, I don't know about Imperial and Lincoln off the top of my head if they had the same thing, but that that's like, and so like, yeah, like it fed into the shitty fucked up 50s culture. So, so with that in mind, you may notice a difference here, which is that uh, GM and Chrysler have three sort of loosely mid range offerings. Ford only has one, that's a Mercury. And if we go to the next slide, we can see some, some Mercury ads. The Big M. Wow. Oh, I, wow. I really like this ad. Oh, yeah, me too. This is, this is, you got that big promotion at work at the podcast factory, and now you're finally, you're moving up in the world, and you are ready for a manager's car. Um... And this is it, right? This is what you get as a Mercury, which is like the car of the future. It has the future styling, this big sort of boat thing. My, um, my car is 75 feet long and has two doors. <laughs> yeah, and it goes with the house, right? <laughs> like the, you have the house overlooking town. You have the wife. You have the friends. You have the fancy couch. And you have the Mercury Park. My outside. house has 3,500 square feet and two bedrooms and one bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly made of asbestos. Uh, My so, conversation so is, is bigger than your swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it cheap because the last guy died falling into the conversation pit. We still make <laughs> the kids sleep on bunk beds. <laughs> They're teenagers. <laughs> so, so the problem is, right, if you do get that big promotion at the podcast factory and you want to buy a manager's car, Ford won't really sell you one. Like, because they don't make one. They make a Mercury, but nobody buys a Mercury. People buy a Buick or an Oldsmobile or a DeSoto. Um, and this, this phenomenon of like going up in between ranges, they call it trading up. 
Um, and according to the, the internal studies that Ford did, 26% of Ford buyers stayed with Mercury instead of going to, uh, to Chevrolet or whatever, instead of going to, um, to DeSoto or Oldsmobile, rather. Um, whereas Chevrolet, they had like a 78% retention rate. So no, nobody's sticking with Ford. Um, and this is, this is a real problem. Like uh, Ford Vice President Louis Crusoe says, we are growing customers for General Motors. Uh, you, you sell them the, like, the cheap starter car, they get a Ford Fairlane or something. Um, and then the second they get a nicer job, which was something you could do in those days, they just went to Chevrolet or they went to, uh, they went to Chrysler. Um, hey, Liam. You got some heavy breathing on the mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was eating Skittles. Oh, that'll do it. Nice. <laughs> so, 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 pop quiz. Business strategy mindset. If you are Ford in this situation, what do you do about this problem that no one stays with Ford when they upgrade? Hire a Nazi. <laughs> they are, no, no, no. They've just been doing have, the whole time. I already anyway. have a lot of those guys. You can't you can't really what double down on that strategy. Double, double, yeah. D- yeah, double up on Nazis. Yeah. You can't you can't compete with aerospace wages. It just can't be done at this point. <laughs> I believe uh, you go on a campaign of showing how other wow, cars have changed. Other cars can murder elephants while yours do not. Yes, I believe um, that's true. Yeah. The Edison campaign. Yeah. So the, the like the, the stayed boring <laughs> corporate advice is you, you revamp Mercury, right? You make a Mercury a car that people want to buy. Um, that's, yes, that's you make a... the Cougar fifty years in the future. Yes. That's right, <laughs> not the that's... Cougar, the the Marauder. There the Marauder. we go. That's not what they do, though. What they do. Next slide. Actually, the next slide isn't the next slide. The next slide is just another ad that I wanted to what include from Mercury else? that I really <laughs> like. Do your bidding. Yes. Oh, I would just okay, real quick. I... Do you know? Okay, this wow. is the hottest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was at a car show okay? at the. No, I was at the car, a car show at the Big Boys in Los Angeles, like the original Big Boys. And I'm I've got a loaner car from Volkswagen, and like I had pulled up with um one of my girlfriends, and I was like, "Ooh, kind of hot shit! We got a fifty thousand dollar brand new car." And I watch a purple fifties. I think it was a it was like a Ford shoebox or something. I watched this car pull up, purple, white interior, big chrome dog dish wheels, and out gets what I can only describe as a polycule of lesbians. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Beautiful. And I've just wanted yeah. a 50s fucking big ass sedan since then, just so I can just roll up to a car show and get out with 10 women. That's all. I, I love, I love this ad us, so know. much. Because, first of all, because it contains the lines, power steering, a feminine must. Yes. Uh, uh, second, I've had the power steering brake in cars, and it fucking sucks, dude. I, was, uh, I am sec- feminine, I guess. Second, second of all, because it contains the line, driving is practically all play and no work in a big M, which is fucking great copywriting. And third of all, because the idea is, this is a car that we want to market to women, but we don't want to go all the way with it, and so the result is, and I, I feel sorry for you if you don't get the visual of this, if you're just listening by audio, the visual of this is two men who look like private detectives driving a pink car around in the rain, getting 1950s pussy hurled <laughs> at them. Nice. Over the windshield, even. <laughs> I'm singing in the rain. 
Just yeah, saying. That's a weird way to spell <laughs> drowning in pussy, Roz. Um, it's got air conditioning in it. You can't put it. a price on good pussy, but you can absolutely put a good price on a Mercury. That's right. <laughs> Next slide, please. So, instead of revamping Mercury, what Ford does is they choose to do something different. They choose to do a brand new division in the mid-range. And the first oh. problem you have is what do you call it? Right. So, uh, they, let, don't, they don't know yet. Let's name it after the least bad guy in the organization. <laughs> You're pretty the much. The only good Ford is the dead one, Ross. <laughs> they, they can't think of a good name for it. <laughs> they, they truly cannot. They hire this Don Draper ass ad agency called Foot Cone and Belding. That's um, not real. I, and Foot, foot Cone <laughs> and Belding. I've done that in my bedroom. Try. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Cone and Belding. Don Draper is out of the office at that moment. And so they bring them back a list of 6,000 potential names for this division, to which Ford go, we only wanted one. Um, yes. At one point, the ad agency hire guys to stand outside movie theaters trying to listen for words people like saying. That's how desperate they are for inspiration. Um, uh, the, um, I mean, Coke did that with OK Soda. They were just like, oh well, OK, okay. is a super recognized yes, no, uh, name in the England maybe. worldwide. So we're gonna do that, uh, and then we're gonna make a citrus soda that tastes like nutsack, mm -hmm. and yep. no one's gonna like it. The, the ironic Coke marketing makes me want to kill myself. Yeah, the, Ford, so, the what, new what they... Ford fuck. <laughs> one, thing, one thing they try to do is they hired this woman on the right, this is an old photo from the 20s, she was ancient by this point, a modernist poet called Marianne Moore. And she has out of here. this incredible, quite flirtatious set of letters with a sort of mid-level Ford employee called Robert Young, until eventually he like ditches her, stops replying, leaves her on red and goes to join the Coast Guard. But she like, <laughs> over the course of about... <laughs> <laughs> Over the course of about two years, she sends him increasingly unprompted suggestions for what to name this new division. I have a list. The list is way too long because I love all of them. It was a, it was a chore trying to pare these down. So I'm just going to read into the record here some of Marianne Moore's potential names for Ford's new mid-range division. Utopian Turtle Top. Yes. Varsity Stroke. What? I've I've done that. Stellagraph. <laughs> That's a rowing reference. Um, Torquatinga. Really Good lord. <laughs> astronaut with an A. Oh, astronaut's kind of sick. Symmetromatic. Never mind. Hurricane Acceptor. I, I like the idea that these were in uh like. Uh, racy letters that are just like I can't wait for you to like f the farts out of my ass. But also, <laughs> also by the way, the, the next th the new division should be called Thunder Blender. Oh yeah, Thunder Blender. That sounds like a Cleveland steamer. I oh. yeah, giving her this a Sunday, blender. Sunday, Sunday at the Municipal Arena, the Thunder, Thunder Blender, Blender, Blender. You'll pay for the Res whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> Resilient bullet. Intelligent <laughs> bullet. 
What's intelligent <laughs> whale? Those are what they used uh, on Kennedy. <laughs> in one of her Latin moods, andante con moto, magic gravure, herbo talk. Okay, that one goes hard. Anticipator. That's yeah. not bad no, for like a, a, a turbo <laughs> diesel. Like that actually works. Yes. Terre. The impeccable. And then my personal favorite, which is why I saved it for last, Mongoose Civic. Yes. Okay. They, sh but... they should have sent a poet, truly. You could have been driving around yes. in a Mongoose Civic to this I day. I mean, the Mongoosta was literally, mm. it's Mongoose, and that was because Mongooses can what? Kill Cobras? Yeah, yeah that's things. true, isn't it? Fuck. So it's true, yeah. And also, so, Civic was a good name. Yeah, as we learned. Uh, do you, Tommaso, you left us too soon. Should 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 have should have done Mongo Civic. Meanwhile, the guys on the left are sitting around getting all of these increasingly weird letters <laughs> and sort of like going and stroking themselves to it. Yes, <laughs> and panicking. We have ideas and we don't have to pay for them. <laughs> no, these are all too weird. There's too much shit going on here. You're because weird. They're, because they're all company men, right? Yeah. They all love the Fords. They all love Henry Ford, and. They, but like the name Ford is already taken. What's the next best thing? What's the most sycophantic thing you can imagine? Well, how Henry. about the first name of his son, Edsel Ford? Oh, that's yes. not appealing. It's an unpleasant word to say. It's meaningful to Ford guys and no one else. Also, Henry Ford hated his son in a sort of like there will be blood sort of way because Edsel Ford, like, all the shit in Detroit that's like the Ford, you know, cultural foundation for the arts or whatever, all of that was Edsel. Henry Ford didn't give a shit about that. He just wanted to publish his little anti-Semitic newsletters. Um, Edsel, was, Edsel also gave the time of day to the unions. Um, yeah, yeah. Edsel, and, and this was like one of those things that really set some of these, some of these guys of that era off. You know, it was sort of like Walt Disney, um, who, who I believe disowned everyone who supported the animators union. Uh, Ford was very yeah, much yeah. the same way, um, except Ward Kimball. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that's a story for a different day. Uh, <laughs> so Edsel, Edsel Ford is dead at this point. He died really young uh, uh, because of his father's hate, possibly. He's sort yes. of like a Jay Gatsby figure. Um, sort of irradiated by his father's hate. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> yeah. Henry Ford spent he a lot of the cancer, last part of his life <laughs> trying to kill his son with his mind, and apparently triumphed eventually. Yes. Um, and so Edsel's, Edsel's son, Henry Ford II, Henry Ford I's grandson, he's on the left in this picture here, um, he's on the board, he hates the idea of naming it after his dad. He thinks he's weirded out by it, his dad's he thinks his dad would have been weirded out by it, but it doesn't matter. The board of like sort of sycophants outvotes him and they pick the name Edsel, which, as they admit, it falls it fails somewhat of the resonance, gaiety, and zest we were seeking, but it has a personal dignity and meaning to many of us here. And so all of the branding for this shit is E E E E E. Complete with a big E dish on the table there. I'm, I'm um, thinking uh, more beautiful names here, like uh, mm. no, I'm not even gonna say them because I like know people who are named all of them. Never mind. <laughs> Mongoose 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 M
Yeah, they should have got. Yeah. You know, I don't I mean, know why there are more trans marketers. We have to fucking name ourselves every fucking time. Why don't they just yeah. have us That's, come up yeah. with yeah. stuff? My God. I, I literally named myself Alice. I don't have a lot of imagination in terms of naming stuff. <laughs> um, so, surprising number of research. trans women in Philly named June, apparently. No. <laughs> so they, they, do, they do early market research. So early, in fact, that the name market research hasn't been invented yet. It's still called motivational research. No. Um, <laughs> and they do a lot of this. Like, they buy all the research they can. Um, and the idea is, the guy they're trying to sell it to, the Edsel has to be the smart car for young executives on his way up. Um, the car's elegance and classiness have to be the reason why junior grey flannel suitors would choose it over Pontiacs and Dodgers, brackets, too working class, Chevrolets, brackets, too boring, and other Fords, brackets, too brash. And they're competing directly against Oldsmobile, which uh, is the automobile choice of the adventurous man in middle age, apparently. Uh, so all of the little typologies of all of these little brands at this point. Um, and I feel like this market may be too niche. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's but like also 38 the other thing guys is, in Cleveland, Ohio. They're like, we're selling you this <laughs> car. Yeah. Here's Edsel for you 38 people. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Edsel. Um, the other thing is, they spend a shitload of money on the research, and then they spend a shitload more money on marketing the fact that they've done the research. So the whole few <sighs> years before they even announce anything, they're like, the new Ford division is coming. We're not going to tell you anything yet, except right, well, here, that we have hired is, our nation's brightest minds. Here's where you have me on the episode, right? This has not changed. Yeah. At all. So I got... So, I think something that's kind of crucial that I, I wish so bad I could talk more openly about, this is a bonus episode, so why the fuck not, right? Um, but when I go to automotive do it, do it, events, like a launch event, okay? So this would be something like convincing the automotive press that this car deserves to exist, because that's, that's what a launch event is. A launch event for me, like when I went to go drive the BMW i7, right? Like, it's not for me to go and be like, is this a good electric car? That's how I evaluate it because that's how I'm going to write my story regardless. But the main reason those events are held and the main way that those presentations are set up and the way that the pitch is made is to convince me that BMW knows best, right? BMW mm. has figured out the ecologically friendly way to build, market, and sell an EV. They have done the market research. They're, the 7 Series is still the gold standard of luxury sedans. You know, And I'm using this because it was the most recent one I went to. It doesn't matter if it's BMW or Subaru or Chevy or whoever. Everybody is like this. Every single product launch is still ultimately a pitch to the press to carry the message for them that this company knows what they're doing. They did all the research. They did the diligence. And this car is, for whatever the current topic du jour is, uh, is the perfect match. So like with EVs, a lot of it stems around like um, sustainability. Granted, now, what's funny about it is like that's part of the reason why these events are so fucking fancy, right? Like I stay at five star hotels mm. in expensive cities and I fly there for free. Um, and, you know, there's, for example, I went on a drive for an EV and I won't say what company it was. I will say that, you know, if there's a constellation that looks a lot like their logo. But in any case, I went to a drive <laughs> for an EV and 
I took a private chartered airplane from the mainland of California to an island and drove around okay. EVs that had been charged on diesel generators. International after waters. watching <laughs> after watching a, like a hour and a, the film an hour and a half long presentation about how eco friendly they were and it was one of those things where it's like yeah it doesn't matter if they they don't believe that and they don't live up to it um, but the goal is to convince you as the automotive press that everything they say is a hundred percent true and I wrote a review that was just a review I didn't write anything derogatory about the you know launch event itself but the industry still works exactly like this and so like what's interesting to me about Edsel is that they went in so hard on we the rational company know exactly what people want because that is like yeah, this the is kind advent of, like, of modern it's like the original sin yeah it's, it's, it's like the original sin for this it's like like the the press of the time were told in no uncertain terms and this is like the first time this had happened ford the ford motor corporation knows scientifically what people want better than they do and this is going to be it um yep. and so at some point in the midst of this you have to design the actual car uh, next slide please um <laughs> hold on one second i just mm -hmm. got a big delivery of food <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> there we go it's thanksgiving leftovers so, from upstairs be because it's the 50s and a bunch you know, of mustard based right, carolina barbecue sauce that would get on no, I'm, I'm going to stab you unless you bring that to my house <laughs> <laughs> there is there is a crime here beyond denunciation not the barbecue the cars uh because <laughs> like we're in the, we're in the years of excess and the years of excess mean you open a new brand with designing seven cars in 18 possible combinations. All of these use like existing Ford and Mercury bodies. Um, the Ford Fairlane becomes the, the Ranger and the Pacer. The Mercury Monterey and Montclair become the Corsair and the Citation. The, the Ford station wagons become Edsel station wagons. Um, there are like 90 different potential combinations of car that Edsel will sell you. And that's before you even get into like added like optional extras like at this point a radio or a heater or floor mats. Um, it's just this this constellation uh, of cars, which sort of like is impossible to keep track of. Very difficult to sell. Um, and next slide, please. We can talk about the design process. We have some very also, early no, design sketches <laughs> here. A little rough. Oh looking. wow! Oh oh, oh boy! Why does the one have yeah, a- I'm happy to see you! It's got a- <laughs> got a, It's got a- It's got a car vagina. Yeah. I, you, I love really to that pussy, dude. Stealing the thunder from- I was trying to keep this under wraps. Like, I was trying to keep the, the design of the Edsel as out of sight as possible until I got to the slide where I called it a car pussy. But- it's no. What they did was they put a pussy on. A, they put a, a fucking a pussy. They did GRS on a Ford. They, put, <laughs> they did. They put they put a vagina <laughs> on the front of a Ford. Um, so what they what they want is a vertical radiator because that's new. No one else really does it. Like they, there have been cars in the '30s that did it with the big sort of like forward like ship's prow looking hoods. Um, and there had been a concept car in, in the early '50s called the Packard Predictor, uh, which had had one. And yeah, okay, these look stupid, right? But I do look stupid. I, 
I think you can kind of see where it's coming from. No? Nepa? Hmm. Do, do, do we agree I, with me here? I think that there are cars that could have looked good. They could have made. Hmm. That's about as much as I'll uh, say. Next slide, please. <laughs> <laughs> they they also they also do some genuinely innovative features. Most notably, gear shift on the steering wheel. They call this yeah. system the Touch. It wasn't that crazy. <laughs> you know, the thing People is, is complain like complain about stuff... it because they keep like changing gears when they hit the horn. You already but... you already had like three on the tree though, right? How did this one work? Yeah. Well, this, a, is, this is you push automatic. Oh, there's a receive gear. No, it's an automatic. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like that. No, it was not <laughs> good. Is the thing right? Like it was like, well, it was innovative, but was it good? No. No. <laughs> the whole point of an automatic transmission is that I don't have to fucking choose the gear. <laughs> Why are you making me still do it? <laughs> uh, I digress. Also, if I can draw your attention to, uh, if you just follow the sort of like. F- Upmost spoke of the steering wheel upwards, you will see a big inverted pie dish looking thing. That's the speedometer. Um, it it rotates under glass under this big sort of like canopy. Um, mm. It was originally meant to have cruise control, but they couldn't work out how to do that. So instead, it just had a little like reminder indicator of what maximum speed you wanted to be at. Um, also, it had okay. It had here's the, the other Ford... thing too. Like, like one of the mm. things that people like, and I, I see this note in here, so like I want to go off about it, or maybe it's not in here. I don't know. Go I saw off. a bunch of people when I was doing research for this episode. Everybody's like, it has self-adjusting brakes, and it's like, cool. You know what year self-adjusting brakes came out? 1925. They just didn't bother oh, with it again. That sounds about right. They put it on the 57 Mercury too, and it was like that's another part of their whole like, where who are we selling this fucking car to? It's like the 58 Edsel has it, and so does the 57 Mercury, and it's like, it's not that it, like nowadays, yeah. If you had non self adjusting brakes and you had to go to a shop to get them adjusted, that would be weird, right? Like that's difficult to find somebody. But like it, it, it was the 50s, and like these cars were you were throwing the car out before you were adjusting the brakes half the time. So, like, it wasn't, you know, the the innovations they offered, I would argue that most of them actually weren't that great, and most people didn't give a shit, and that was also part of the reason they were doomed. I digress. <laughs> hey, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't try and kill you, because I had the first generation Ford lifeguard package, which oh, was boy. when Ford looked at their cars and went, oh shit, <laughs> these will kill you. And so the changes that they made... Uh, the steering wheel is meant to not impale you through the sternum anymore. Now it still will, but it's not meant to. <laughs> it's meant to flex, right? Was there a used car market at this point, or was everyone <laughs> buying every car new? Like, how, did, how is this? If you're getting rid of your car after one year, and everyone's intended to do that, like, are people who get so the used cars? The do they thing. just throw them in a river? Here's the thing. A lot of them just got destroyed. My grandfather told me a story about how, like, in, I don't know, 58, he bought, like, a 55 Oldsmobile um, and thought he was hot shit, obviously. And he was just like, this thing was mm. fucking falling apart <laughs> after three years on the road. Like, all those 57 Chevys you see at car shows and stuff, the Tri-Fives, which everybody goes absolutely bananas for, they're, like, there's not a single original part on those things. They've never seen salt. 
they the engines are probably mm. completely rebuilt from a summit catalog because they were like the tolerance on them was like oh you know it's like a quarter of an inch in the you know piston ring play and stuff they were just like rapidly slapped together pieces of shit in the Luke same way that like dropped. yeah like if you <laughs> like <laughs> if you like if you like have been in a 50s house that actually wasn't like a nice you know beautifully built home it's a huge pile of shit. The roof leaks and like, you know, the foundation's cracking and it's falling into the earth and no one actually wants to live there. And that's like, that's the fifties in general is it was just like a bunch of cheap shit. Jumped out. Just, just yeah. pumped out completely to like satiate white people and convince them they had a place in America. Yes. <laughs> the other thing is it's got, it's got some more features that don't kill you. Um, the dashboard <laughs> is for the first time, padded so that when your head slams off of it you don't die um no you still the mirrors die. and the gauges those well you die later slower. the the <laughs> mirrors and the gauges have safety glass and mm -hmm. as an optional extra for an extra few hundred dollars you could even get this with one point seat belts front and rear luxury sheer luxury um next My slide dad, just for the Gabby record Nova had those Oh, yeah. But only in the rear. They had three-point in the front. <laughs> or is it yeah, two just point? for the record, Volvo patented the three-point in 59. <laughs> Speaking so, of just Europe, specifically. <laughs> while, they, while they're designing it, some changes are happening in the world outside. None of these changes penetrate the Ford Motor Company, but this is one of them. And I want to talk about this campaign whenever we do advertising as a bonus episode. Um, VW gets very, very innovative, and they sell the Beetle to Americans using the Think Small campaign, which is like, hey, check out this cheap piece of shit. And it works. It really, really works. Um, and in part because of that design and that marketing, and in part because of the recession that happens in 1958, uh, which you know leads to the joke in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm so crazy. I voted for Eisenhower twice. Um, you get this like short, sharp recession that's like largely unremembered now because almost everything went back to normal. Like not a lot of people lost their jobs permanently, except oil prices go up, and because mm. oil prices go up, Americans stop buying a new car every year, and they run into the problem that we've discussed, which is. Wait a second, after three years, the wheels fall off of my car. I close mm. the door and the windshield pops out. Um, mm. it's, it's like leaking asbestos dust on me. Um, <laughs> and, and so That means you won't catch fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, it, it, instead of that's this That's why big... they didn't have gay people back then. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, instead of this big finned boat, <laughs> Americans, Americans want this car that's like cheap and small and reliable, and so, like, other smaller cars by American manufacturers are mostly being sold to women at this time. You've got the Nash Rambler, you've got the Studebaker Lark. Yes. But those, those do really well, because it's not just women buying them, because people like the idea of, like, a small car, suddenly. Well, and we also had a 6-2 dike shortage. Mm -hmm, that's I mean, true. Nowadays, uh, it'd, next, be, a lot <laughs> nowadays it'd be a lot harder to sell small cars <laughs> to women. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're still mm -hmm. designing these things, and look at these fucking taillights! It's, mm. it's not even being built yet, and the Edsler's already getting outstyled by Adolf fucking Hitler! And Ferdinand Porsche. Alright, 
like the taillights, though. I do they too. Point in the opposite direction to the way you're indicating. Okay, well, you know what? So does your fucking Mini Coopers. I don't ever want to hear it. <laughs> your goddamn those stupid British Number flag one taillights. Mini Cooper. I have you seen a new Mini Cooper? Those are the stupidest fucking design cars I've ever seen. They're not small, and they're taillights with the <laughs> stupid British flag. Not only does it scream I'm a turf to BMW. everyone behind you, but they point the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. They're so And who won stupid. today's match? Who won no today's one. match? No one did. No one actually, no. Uh, Iran, that's right. <laughs> oh, wow, you beat Wales. Congratulations. No, Next that was Saudi Arabia. <laughs> no, uh, today. Oh, no, my bad. That, yeah, Iran beat Wales. That's what I was saying. Good for them. I don't give a shit about Saudi football. Arabia beat Iran. Soleimani. The, I, I don't know what. I, I haven't been paying attention. Anyway. Oh, my God. I haven't been watching it. I've been boycotting it. Anyway. Yeah. So if if we're building this this thing that's gonna like uh sort of sit alongside Mercury, shouldn't it and it's being made with Mercury parts, shouldn't it have Mercury dealerships and, and like Mercury supply chains? No. no. Fuck that. Fuck all that. Excess years. We are gonna build everything over from scratch in a year as a self sufficient company. The Edsel mm. division is going to have its own headquarters, it looks like this. It's going to have its own dealers. It, in every respect, it's going to be independent, except manufacturing, which is a problem. You're, starting um, to, you're trying to do sort of a Stalin five-year plan, but in like one year. Yeah, the one-year plan. <laughs> the one-year plan, yeah. And, and the reason why you do this is because that's what GM does. And hey, GM are taking our customers, so they must be onto something. Mm. Um, mm. They they would have had independent factories too. The reason why they don't is because uh, boy genius Robert McNamara enters the story at this point. If you're not familiar with Robert McNamara, uh, I highly recommend a documentary called "The Fog of War" by Errol Morris, um, which is about his 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 life, his career. He's sort of like the Thomas Midgley Jr. of management. Um, he sort of like existed in the American century, um, culminating like he he, he was one of the whiz kids who was hired on to be like yeah to to like manage Ford, and then he became Secretary of Defense during the Vietnam War, um, and then he uh, worked for the World Bank. So like he get, get, yeah he came you know, out of the U.S. Him. Army mm -hmm. Air Force's Office of Statistical Control after World mm -hmm. War II, which sounds like a video game plot thing. Yeah, this is this is the Henry guy who Ford like second in 1946, and uh, I would like to note Alice used the term "whiz kids." That was actually what they called mm -hmm. him. So, mm -hmm. just making that yeah, this clear is, here. This is the guy who like punches a bunch of like body counts into an adding machine and tells you that you need to do more area bombing. That's mm -hmm. been his entire life, and now he's going to make cars. Um, and so the first thing that he does is no, this has to use the same manufacturing, has to use the same factories as. Uh, Ford as um, as Mercury, um, which is a problem in that Edsel has quality assurance guys <laughs> that then don't get led in the factories where they're building them. Next slide. Yeah, don't worry about which that. Is, once again, they had very very much a five year plan type thing. Yes, <laughs> these are the factories where they're building them, and perhaps predictably, workers 
hate building these things uh, because this is a Ford line. It's a Mercury line. And then all of a sudden, every 50th car that comes down the line is an Edsel. And this is met with groans because when an Edsel comes in, you have to change all the tooling, you have to change all the parts bins, you have to move oh, no. into, like a bunch of different like operations. And then once you've built it, you have to change all of that shit back again because the next one's a Ford or a Mercury. Um, why why don't they do them in batches? That's a great question. Shut up, Roz. <laughs> and the uh, the answer is Robert McNamara thought it would be less efficient. Um, and so this this leads okay. to a sort okay. of like real sort of like eighties British car making standard. Like you have parts being left in the trunk with a note for the dealership mechanics, or just like being missed entirely. It's got like you know doors hanging off and shit. But most of all, it has bad vibes and it isn't fun to be around. Um, and it just kind of there's there's. There's like a psychic phenomenon that happens here. Like as soon as people see an Edsel and groan, it like accrues this little bit of like lemonness, and that just only accumulates more. The more of these they have to build. Well, and also, um, okay, I'm gonna be an automotive journalist again, if that's okay. Um, the initial no, launch. Fuck you. Oh, no. <laughs> Liam, please. Go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the the thing is, is like the, the initial launch of a car is incredibly crucial to its success. And so, like, if you look at modern companies that have launched new brands, um, two of the success stories that I like to look at are um, Lexus and Genesis. Okay, nobody is like, "Wow, I love Infinities," and nobody's like, you know, there, there, uh, there's no 18-year-olds living near Fort Bragg would beg to disagree with you. <laughs> also would say eight, 18-year-olds living near, um, what's the what's the fort in Northern Virginia? Um, shit. Um, G37s are their own thing, okay? The, 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 yeah. the, the, are you talking about Fort Belvoir? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I well, knew some people who were like, yeah, look at my infinity. There's definitely it's not a... just a Nissan. It's not just a Nissan with other. Hey, stop laughing at me. It's not okay. just a Nissan. I will say I've driven a oh, yeah. Everyone hated the that home guy. of army Every... intelligence. <laughs> Everyone hated that guy. Everyone on the rowing team hated that guy. It's really funny. <laughs> I will say, okay, I've driven a G37. It has MILF energy. I will not explain it about that. But in any case, <laughs> an, an Infinity G37 For is you, like. <laughs> it does not have like. And nobody aspires to an infinity. And Lexus was able to position themselves as like a premier automaker on the level of BMW and Mercedes-Benz because they spent a billion dollars developing the LS400. And like that's why Matt Farah has like his million-mile Lexus, right? That car was developed to literal perfection. No car in human history has ever had more research, development, and engineering go into it to be basically perfect. The one UZ FE, which is the the V8 engine that underpins the LS400, is the most reliable, robust V8 motor ever constructed. It is a masterpiece because Toyota looked at what they were about to do. They were like, "We're going to spend a ton of money on developing a luxury brand. We have got to nail this shit," and they did. And now Lexus is like an accepted luxury manufacturer. And you know, Nissan didn't do that with Infiniti. Nissan threw in Nissan Motors into cars with leather, and they're nice, and I like them, and they, they, sometimes they build good ones, but like, 
they do not have the same cachet as a Lexus. And Hyundai did the same thing with Genesis. Um, they were like, as a Korean manufacturer, we've gone from building the Excel to like, you know, the Stinger. We need to keep going. And they in like twenty years too, which is wild. It's insane. The, the 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 Korean auto manufacturers are like, if we did a show called "Well, There's Your Solution." That would be a co- one to cover. <laughs> I cannot believe they fucking pulled it off, and they build amazing cars. Now, and yeah, go ahead. What if what if you Victoria, made? Victoria, I just I respect your respect your opinion. I respect your knowledge very much. Uh, you are uh, obviously very bright and very talented. However, uh, how dare you skip the LS seven? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say, um, Elon Musk seems to have uh, knocked down. How do you, uh, how do you start a luxury brand while well, also Tesla's, making the cars bad? Well, Tesla's done some interesting <laughs> stuff in like the direct to consumer model and like shit like that. But you know, well, I, it's, I am amazed. You know, like the GV70 is so fucking nice. Oh my god, yeah. And I want one very badly. You should get one. I would like to see that. Uh, no, you are gonna when you come to Central Pennsylvania, to so we can go see a dirt track race. So we can, yeah. we can, yeah, you, uh, yeah. All I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy uh, what I'm gonna buy. Uh, yours, I, guess, I guess you're already subscribed to the Patreon if you're, if you're hearing this. CTSB, yeah. up, up, up your, up your tier, even though we like barely record bonus episodes. So we're recording a bonus stuff. episode now. Stop right. fucking you, DMing you us. You might have to cut you calling them. <laughs> yeah, just bleep it. Yeah. Just bleep it. Uh, Sorry. So, we can, so next we can't slide, call please. the listeners. No, no. Well, I mean, it's we can. It's gender insult. It's gender. Yeah. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a second. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Having lived this both, I'm pretty sure that applied to me at many times in my life. <laughs> oh my God. Good for you. Good for you. So, so we you are we so na- pretty. <laughs> we, we now we we build all of the cars. We build them really poorly. Now we have to launch them. We have to talk about a day that will live in infamy. September fourth, nineteen fifty seven. Or E Day. The Edsel is on its way. September 4th is also the, the day that Roz and I found out uh, that a woman I had been dating uh, miscarried and had oh. to drive all the way back from uh, New Brunswick or Nova Scotia, wherever the hell we were, in like a day and a half. And, it was uh, Halifax. Yeah, it was Halifax. Remember the waitress felt so bad for us? She it, called was in, it, was, it was in the trailer park boys bar that we yeah. found out. No, 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 I, no, I, no, I feel horrible for you, but like yeah. it's even worse. It's like adding insult to injury that will happen on E-Day. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that was actually pretty funny uh, in hindsight. In that the waitress did feel so bad for us, she comped our drinks, uh, and then Ross forgot how to drive, and my dad <laughs> wouldn't look at me because that uh, I was I asked him to hand me my spitter, and he refused to look at me as he did it. Rough. And we spilled okay, a little so, bit of my mom's Subaru, but that that was a fun. Just to add a little bit of levity, yeah, E Day for me is Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah, Mondays and Thursdays for me. So the one thing you may notice about this advert is that's a lot you, of e. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I need a lot. Uh, Alice, you, you why did they let you have twice e, as much e? E. 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 <laughs> but the, the one thing you may e. notice about this ad is that you can't e. see the car. Uh, e. It's it's like I'm going to keep moving, saying it until the end of the episode. It's moving at speed. 
and it's also got a yeah. tarp over it. And the way this ad is sort of pitched is like... It seems to have a, a gun port here as well. This is yeah. actually... <laughs> if they had done this a little better, that's actually pretty sick. Like, the idea of, like, using, like, uh, internal testing photographs and shit like that. Uh, yeah. well, I actually kind of like the concept. Gabo. 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 <laughs> did I feel you like see you're being it? racist. <laughs> Liam, did you it's see the Simpsons Cadillac characters. Lyric uh, product photos, like when they had that thing in camo? The new yes, big, yes, yes. the big three hundred thousand dollar Cadillac EV. Those were the how you do camo I, photos. Oh, Those were so cool. I was fucking feral for that I like car. a sort of like brand camouflage. Uh, next slide, please. And. Every photo that they have of this in the run-up to launch is... Uh, Why is this tarp? Right. This man looks right. like he's about to be shot. <laughs> I like the slit in He the looks like they're gonna take it... Take it yeah, the, you gotta let the pussy breathe, you know? Yeah, pussy uh, out. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm you guys remember this. that scene from Goldfinger where she dies of skin strangulation? <laughs> yeah, we gotta avoid that. All I can think looking at this rap is Kamachi Black and Tans. <laughs> yeah, it's a provisional answer. <laughs> this is this is the most like putting it under a tarp to cover its shame I've ever seen a product photo be. Uh, next next slide, please, as we get closer and closer. And the whole marketing gimmick. They don't want to show you the car. But the worst part is, in not showing you the car, they are hyping up. They are drawing attention to how much you can't see the car. It's really priming you for, oh man, the appearance of this car this is going to be, be a... pretty fucking memorable. Alice, can I, can I real fast? Oh, it's, it's memorable. Oh, it's memorable, fast, baby. Fast, before we switch slides, just like, early this yeah. week, a group of big automotive carriers cleared the yards of six giant US plants and rolled out into the night. Following the jack, because their steel racks held something they had never held before. They were loaded with a new kind of car. Oh. With four well, series 18 models right? <laughs> of a new kind of car called the Edsel. <laughs> and the delivery date is urgent. The Edsel makes its public debut in September. Maybe you'll see some of these carriers loaded with covered cars on your roads in the next few days. If you do, you might call This is like the shit they use to transport ICBMs. The driver said yeah. before he started out, the driver lifted the cover on one of the Edsels in his load and, <laughs> and looked it over very carefully. Get the right. And what he say? <laughs> plainly. God damn it. Plainly and forcibly. Plainly and forcibly. Man, <laughs> I would like to have one of these. <laughs> It was horrible. Rivers and rivers of truck driver come all in the Ford Edsel carrier. Yep. Well, you know that was back. That was back when the uh, you've got to use Scotchgard. I'm telling you, this is back when the uh, trucking industry was uh, regulated as a common carrier, so uh, no loads refused. <laughs> Next slide, please. We, these Worth things go out now. to the new Edsel dealerships. The, the Edsel dealerships, which sell nothing else, which have received nothing else, which have been built brand new for this. 
and the dealers have to you went out and you built a building for yeah. your car that you seem to have covered here in a large takeout container or, or well, this, as a bag this was a condition container comes in this was a contract <laughs> condition of being an edsel dealer is you have to pay for these things on delivery and you have to keep them under tarps until launch day no That's one may stupid. see and it's like the man in the iron mask no one can see the visage of the edsel until september 4th 1957 and i have a little vignette here from the town of ames iowa and this is from the Ames, Iowa Tribune, September fifth, nineteen fifty-seven. A crowd estimated at Iowa ten, State is. a crowd Sorry. estimated at ten thousand people, and at this point, the population of Ames was twenty-seven thousand. So, a third of the town turned out on Wednesday to view the unveiling of the completely new Edsel automobile at Larry Peterson Edsel sales. Here, the viewers consumed forty-five gallons of coffee. And fifty-four dozen donuts during the day. I, said. I mean, that's a lot of. I don't. I call bullshit. If these people were drinking that's a gallon of coffee a per of person, now, but forty-five gallons of coffee—that's well, like forty-five. That's I didn't. Guys, that's, <laughs> uh, that, that, that's not counting all the cigarettes. <laughs> they, would have, cigarettes. they would have had a lot more donuts if not for the cigarettes. Yeah, everyone, everyone has like one sip of coffee and six donuts. Um, next slide, please. They also uh, Ford also sponsors the Edsel Show on CBS. This is amusingly the most successful television show of the year. It's Bing Crosby's breakthrough into TV. It's got Bob Hope. It's got Louis Armstrong. It's got Frank fucking Sinatra. They're all saying, buy an Edsel. And all of this, from the futurist poets, to the car dealers, to the market researchers, to Louis Armstrong, it all costs money, right? The amount of money that it costs in 21st century dollars is well over four billion dollars. Fuck my ass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Four billion dollars go into this, and then the day comes, September fifth, E Day. Next slide, please. People, they take off the tops. People look at these for the first time. They look at the Edsel, and the it has a vagina. Starts with the grill. The letters, the letters are ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> you ever wanted to fuck a headlight housing? Now's your chance. It has a pussy. It has a pussy on its face. Ladies. Its face has a pussy on it. Now, Ford, Ford called this. If you if you can't, we'll make it the episode art, I assume. But like, if you're listening to this and you can't picture in your head what an Edsel grill looks like, it looks like a vagina. I can't stress enough the extent you know to which this funny? is shaped. You know what's funny is like when I was a kid, so I used to read car books all the time, obviously, and like Edsel always features in all of them because it was a huge flop, and that makes it interesting. And all of them were like, it was a horse collar. It was a. It looked like it was sucking on a lemon. It looked like a toilet seat. And it's like now that I'm no, revisiting this, now it's like, oh my god, I would ask my surgeon for that. <laughs> <laughs> With the Edsel, <laughs> <down the middle. laughs> you, you you say horse collar. That is the official thing. Ho the way that Ford described this grill was as a horse collar. Okay, um, sure. So it's an S and M thing too. 
<laughs> Why not, man? Yeah, you clip this leash to the front of your Edsel. You um, and Catherine the Great are gonna have a good night. <laughs> this this you guys car, remember Mr. Hands? It's kind of like that. This um, car and its vagina <laughs> is a Freudian assault on the 1950s man's psyche, up there with Bessie Frieden. It, it, you, you you couldn't buy this. Man, you, if you're a self-respecting grey flannel suit wearing, uh, f- four drinks in the morning having, uh, sort of like chain smoking, all American man, imagine showing your face at the office, admittedly drunk off your ass, but Im- imagine rolling this into the parking lot. This you looks just, like a it, car it, that it I would happen. drive, and I mean that derogatorily. <laughs> <laughs> I I genuinely believe if it didn't have the pussy on it, we would not be talking about it. We wouldn't be doing this episode because it would have been a failure, no. maybe, but none remarkable. But you not on the on not like the arch deluxe levels. Well, yeah. This is a car also is marketed like... as the people who were in charge of this is a car marketed the people who were in charge of destroying a bunch of literature from Weimar Germany, but who kept some of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, the other thing too is like this is a four BMW billion. Had a monopoly on the mustache, girl. See, here's the thing. Like everything up to this point, they did right according to the modern automotive landscape. They spent four billion dollars launching a brand new car that was supposed to satiate this market segment that they had not thought about previously. And the thing is, is they just fucked it so spectacularly. That's why it's phenomenal. Because like, hmm, there are a ton of failed cars from like the 70s and 80s that are like footnotes um the the only one that elevates to a level above kind of you know made it to mass popular culture failure is like the delorean because it was in a movie and the yugo because it was but communist. that was so cool like yeah yes. everybody wanted yeah, a delorean yeah. they were cool as shit and like this one is just a failure because I, it was i so... guess the aztec but like the aztec's kind of cool now and the yeah, aztec, the aztec also, cool now. also the tesla model fucking model y or whatever the model x is just an aztec yeah. Look at it. Look at them side okay. by side. I've said this on the show before. They're the same car. Shut the, up. The dirty secret of the modern crossover is that they all have more in common with the Aztec than they do with any other SUV. The the Aztec predicted the modern crossover. And so, like, the only way the Edsel could have been a success, really, is like, get if, it with every, a cooler. if every car Ooh. came with a vagina on its face, then the Edsel would have been, <laughs> you know, <laughs> brilliant, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but like the Aztec and was actually brilliant. Weirdly, and the Edsel was just like a vagina with a car around it. Weirdly, weirdly, this doesn't sell that badly on the numbers. It sells like sixty something thousand in the first year, which is below Ford's expectations. But it's not bad. They break even. But people hate it, it because it's a joke, and no one likes driving a joke apart from us. Like, yes. um Johnny Carson, who I believe is some kind of. American religious figure, not sure, check this, was like making jokes about <laughs> these like this? on late night TV. It was, it was, it was right a back. joke prize on game shows. Like, you've won a brand new car, and they hit the applause sign. And Ed saw Villager, and they hit the laugh sign. Um, uh, this is like how, um, this is like how Jon Stewart tried to make Arby's bad. Arby's is good, man. Arby's is first, good. First Arby's bad? <laughs> Yeah, John John Stewart made uh, Arby's the butt of a whole bunch of jokes. It's fine. I was like, no, Arby's is good. Wow. They got curly fries and they got horsey sauce. 
You, know, you can buy horsey sauce in the grocery store, right? Wow. Yeah, I, I thought of you, but I forgot to text you that. Anyway, uh, it just goes to show sometimes the media takes good things and tries to say they're bad. <laughs> the lying media. Yes, the, MSM, the, lying the mainstream media. media. Yeah, the failing New York Times will tell you that this grill looks like a pussy. Uh, when I, I don't think I can scholar. ethically say I, I don't think I can say the failing New York Times anymore. Yeah, why can't you? <laughs> you have a non-compete <laughs> agreement. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I haven't eaten dinner. The it failing Washington PM. Post. Uh, and so, uh, like a lot of people who do buy this are trading in Fords or Mercuries, which is on the one hand what they wanted. Like you wanted to like retain customers. But they're doing it too early, and so you're kind of like robbing yourself of your own customers. Sort of um, robbing Peter to pay Paul, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a question. Do we know how long the like average ownership period of this car was? I actually don't, and that's something I wish I had looked up for this. Because, yeah, I, I, I think it may be like sort of one or two years even. Okay. Um, and also, like, the other thing is the pricing of this. Like, if you buy the top-end Ford with, like, the luxury trim and, like, all the optional extras and shit, you're paying $24.99, $2,499. If you're buying the lowest-priced Mercury, which is, like, the next thing up, it's, like, $2,600. And, like, the Edsel's, like, around, like, $2,500. There's not much difference. Like, if you can get... Uh, so you're sort of cannibalizing your own sales. Exactly, exactly. If you can get like a top end Ford, like the best Ford going, with all of the extra shit in it, for twenty dollars less, and you know, if you get the Edsel, you have to pay extra for a heater or a radio or whatever, or like a remote trunk opening. Um, why would you do that? You wouldn't. You would. You would buy a Ford. You would buy a Mercury, or perhaps you would go to GM and you would buy a Buick or an Oldsmobile. Um, I'm just thinking of all the tooling and all the heavy gauge steel mm-hmm. and all of the chromium and all of the blah 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 that goes into this <coughs> car that's going to be produced for one model year and then thrown out and then right. and they do it all over again with a whole new set of tooling. It's like actually, it's just like, incredible to think. That that kind of speaks to some of the design imperatives here in that pretty much any car manufacturer of the period, they will let you do anything to a car other than change the amount of like sheet metal that's going into right like yeah imagine that's that's like down to the ounce basically exactly and so like that's how you get the pussy grill is that's one of the things it's like one of the design constraints that leads you to it is how can i make this car distinctive when i can change nothing about how it functions uh and all i have is styling and i can't even like like the headlights are standard and they come in standard brackets and mounting, so I can't change the headlights. Um, all I've got left to work with is like big lumps of chrome for fenders uh, and grills, basically, um, which is what they do, and putting like fins and shit on there. Um, I mean, I'm I'm thinking you've got you've got all these huge presses that have to like push down on the sheet metal sure. with a special mm-hmm. die. Yep. And then you got to throw them out each year and build new ones. You know, it's it's amazing what we could do in the 1950s. We can't do now, or I guess grapes of wrath can. shit. It, yeah. it, it's just it's pure waste. In, they were liquefying like, the gay people and using them to build the casts. <laughs> that was, the, from my understanding, the, that's the basically what the 50s them. was. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. This uh, is not good for weight savings. Please. There's too many dudes in here. <laughs> uh, you are, you asked about you asked about retention of uh, of these cars. So next slide, please. Uh, well, one thing about them is that, like all of these fifty cars, fifties cars, but like unusually for them, they rust like crazy because they're oh, so no. poorly built. Um, like uh, they have sort of optimistic speedometers. They have lying odometers. They have trunks that leak. Um, I, I found th this this screenshot like a is from Tesla. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I found this screenshot from a popular mechanics article from March of 1958. Uh, Edsel owners don't agree about the attractiveness of the grill, but all seem to agree that it's distinctive. Um, and it contains another hysterical sentence: "More than a third of Edsel owners have no complaints about their cars." Which... More than a third, huh? Wow. <laughs> wow. Imagine, wow. imagine writing that about a car being sold now. It's like, hey, you know, guess what? 36% of people... It's not so bad. ...like it. 32% of respondents did... 32% 32, uh, 32 of those surveyed did not respond and are counted in these results. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ford panics. Uh, they've they've thrown money at this sh at this thing, and it's just about broken even, and it's a joke, and they're scared, and so they commence an intense program of study because you're redesigning the shit every year anyway. That's the plan. So they they commence this program to try and like Apollo thirteen style emergency rescue the grill in a oh, way I'm, that people don't hate. I'm sure this is gonna work. Next slide. Please. Yes, yes, that's why we're doing an episode on it because it worked. This is what they come up with. Oh my fucking god. Okay. Alright. This works. is the new That's... grill. What is it, this? It doesn't do look like a works, pussy actually. anymore. It looks like no, a kendo it's... mask. It still kinda looks like a vagina. It kinda it looks like uh it looks like that uh it looks like Spock's coffin. The French call it frittage. <laughs> <laughs> and th th they do kind of like, they do austerity to themselves. They pair back the model line to three. Uh, a Ranger. Sorry, which is what the, was it at before? Uh, 18. 18. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they go for a Ranger, which is the, the low end entry level Edsel, a Corsair, which is the high end, and a Villager, which is the station wagon. Um, so let me get they... this straight. You have an entire system of dealerships mm -hmm. through which you are dealing yep. three cars. Yes. I mean, you can Mitsubishi. get it with a soft top or a hard top. I okay. mean, seriously, today though, seriously, like <laughs> okay. Mitsubishi. Well, I guess that yeah. makes sense, yeah. Outlander and the, what, the Eclipse Sport and the, the Mirage, right? That's yep. three. Okay, but we're talking about the 50s when everyone has... 750 different types okay, of cars. I'll, I'll go you, back you in time like, and tell them, Roz. You have to yeah, like fill a dealership. Them, just with for these, you. You're like Jack spacing ass. them further and further apart. And th like they take all of the stuff out of it. Like no more innovative features, no more gears on the steering wheel, no more funny pie dish speedometer. <laughs> this is a Ford that has had surgery to give it a pussy now, and people don't buy tranny Fords. Oh, <laughs> Alice. <laughs> You might Speak have to for yourself, Alice. 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 <laughs> they also, because they're panicking, they they take all this shit out and they increase the price by what would be about two thousand dollars today. So it's like does less, pay more. 
they sell do you want a weird Ooh. car which is also boring yes <laughs> they sell forty-five thousand of these that year which is twenty thousand less than the year before they are losing money and so the panic becomes much more acute for the second model year 1959 so we enter the final model year. <laughs> Next oh, slide, no. please. 1960. They just flat out remove the pussy. The pussy is okay. gone. We understand that you don't like it. It's gone. Here, are you happy now? No, no bring the pussy back. I don't Nobody know that that was the biggest problem nifty, with the car. Thrifty. <laughs> Nobody gives you style and savings the way Edsel does. Um, and no one buys it. Like, then, either. It's like, it's too much of a joke now. Um, they they keep trying to like stem the bleeding, but ultimately they discontinue Edsel in November of 1959, and the total numbers start to finish in the first three years that they sold, 116,000. They only built 118,000. Um, they sold less than half the cars they thought they were going to. They lost 2.4 billion dollars on this. Just a disaster <laughs> from start to finish. Um, the other thing too is like they they accomplished nothing in terms of like marketing themselves as far as like between that Ford and Mercury point. I don't think they convinced anyone that this was more luxurious, despite the fact they had all those features. It's, no one was buying can, that shit, in, literally or figuratively. Hunting, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you, you can you can drive your car off the road to where your your husband is hunting, and you can take the dogs. That's their selling yes. point here. That's their Maybe, vision. Are you sure the dogs aren't hunting the ex Edsel? Yeah. <laughs> oh, slow moving prey. Compare that to the like the Mercury ads that we saw at the beginning, uh, and and talk about like you know visions of your lifestyle driving this car. Is this is meant to be the like? This is meant to be competing with the Mercury in terms of luxury. It's like, like in between. It's like it doesn't doesn't work. Um, I also have a graph of the, uh, the 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 economy. The economy happened to this car. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, this is this is the recession of 1958. Uh, they, they timed it exactly wrongly by accident. <laughs> in that they they went okay, fuck it, make this thing. The year before U.S. car sales peaked, I think all time. Mm -hmm. uh, no, that yes. can't be all time. Uh, but it's definitely not all 50s. time. No, certainly not. Ignore that. Strike that from the record. Today we make one billion cars a day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, there are there are over there are over three trillion cars on Earth. Um, and there's coming for you. They will run over you and your in children. The of this episode, we use an entire Brazil uh, of lithium per day. Yeah. Yes, we we um. And that, that's just for uh, regular car batteries, um, which are apparently not lead acid anymore in, in the world I'm describing. <laughs> so, no, I'm tossing them in the, in, the, in the ocean. They'll always be lead acid to me. There's no more ocean. That's what's causing sea level rise. Is all the car batteries are that's tossed a lot of, in the ocean. There's, there's more ocean. What's the problem? I'm doing my part. <laughs> so so, so they, they, kill, they kill the Edsel just as the like, car sales are starting to recover. Which is really funny. It launches right when they hit bottom, and they approve it the year before it like tops out. So it just—it's a perfect Beautiful. curve of like bad timing on every end. Um, however, 
they were able to sell a few Edsels to people who couldn't turn them down. Namely, oh my god, slide please. Cops and EMTs. Oh, they weren't even EMTs yes. yet. They were still ambulance drivers. Uh, so, so there are a few photos hanging around of Edsel squad cars, Edsel ambulances, Edsel hearses. Uh, because oh, wow. at that point there were still like combination cars that like transport a person lying down, sometimes alive, sometimes dead, sort of indifferent <laughs> to which. Um, yes. So you you could you can own utility, prestige, and Edsel. Amble wagon, which is wow, it's gorgeous, isn't it? This thing, like, it's actually you to pretty hospital. good. Yeah, <laughs> if you buried uh, me in an car, Edsel, uh, I would your ass the rest good. of my existence. <laughs> now, fucking bury me in an Edsel, bury, bury me in my Edsel. <laughs> <laughs> she died with her Edsel on. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think this is the goofiest looking car I've ever seen. It's, it's fantastic. Imagine getting pulled over by one of these. Like you, you, it's the fifties. You're drinking and driving to the point where yeah. it's illegal, which is to say, you know, you've had six drinks that hour. Yeah, this thing lights up behind you. Like you just cut the wheel into the. You just run. You just, you just run. Yeah. What are they gonna do? Outrun you? <laughs> uh. It takes an Edsel to catch an Edsel, apparently. Uh, <laughs> That's <Liam>. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a pure, it's like a racing dog. Uh, next slide, please. Only an Edsel um, has the humiliation to pull over for an Edsel. <laughs> That's right. So, what does this have to do with Robert McNamara, seen here in front of the E E E E E? And the answer is he's its executioner. Robert McNamara killed this thing. Uh, possibly before it could dig itself out of the hole it was in, uh, since US car right. sales were going up when they when they shit canned it. Um, he always hated the Edsel. Like he um, he had come into Ford and had taken over what was then the MEL division. It was like a uh, uh, Mercury Edsel Lincoln. He hated all of them, and he wanted them gone as quickly as possible. He tried to kill the Lincoln. Um, and the Lincoln then got redesigned in a way that made it too pretty to kill, which is something right. I'm always aspiring to. Um, wasn't <laughs> wasn't really able to kill the Mercury either, I, but I, he I, was I, able from the like window of the book depository to pick off the Edsel, um, because what he wanted to do was to make and sell Fords. He wanted to sell fast, cheap, small cars, specifically the Ford Falcon, um, and so. All of the like veterans of the Edsel division, they all blame McNamara. They're like pointing the finger at him. But what's really funny is it's it's tarnished his legacy. Like when he worked for the World Bank, he had to have a standard press release put out with a bunch of those guys saying, Yeah, he didn't have anything to do with making the Edsel. Because anytime he'd like showed up for anything and someone needed a cheap dunk on him, they'd go, it's like, aren't you the Edsel guy? To the point, <laughs> that the, the Ho Chi Minh Museum in Hanoi has this model of an Edsel crashed through the wall just to make fun of Robert McNamara. So it, it's both, it, it lives, it outlives him in that sense. Hmm. Although he did get his way in the end because uh, he killed the car. He did kill the car and a lot of Vietnamese. 
Yeah, he killed. I was going to say, like, God, like, when he shows up to St. Peter, that's going to be, like, low on the list. Like, he did kill Edsel, but that's going to be below, like, what, uh, 250, (laughs) 300,000 people? (laughs) So, I mean, hard to be like, wow, man. in so killing the Edsel, he possibly saved the Ford Motor Company because this like weirdly turned out to benefit Ford. Um, one of the reasons why the Mustang is such the, the success that it is is because I, people want to buy a small car, so he sells them a Ford Falcon and then a Galaxy and then a Mustang and so on. And the Mustang like carries on the same sort of launch pattern that an Edsel had. Like they had M Day, which was the same thing. All the Mustangs went out under tarps. And they did the big reveal, and it turns out that that actually works quite well when it's a car that looks good and people want to drive. Um, so, I think the other thing too I with guess... the Mustang is like the the thing that Ford did right with the Mustang, they did wrong with the Edsel. Is like the Mustang was kind of innovative, right? Like it was, hmm. you know, the Falcon was a staid kind of. I I mean, I love the Falcon. It was a really cool concept for a car. But the Mustang was like the first one where they were like, what if we took a cheap car and made it sexy? The Mustang is the original tuner car. And this is the most sacrilegious thing I could ever possibly say. But like inline six, two door, you know, convertible or coupe version, you know, it was it was like Nancy Drew drove a Mustang, right? Because it was not like a muscle car. And it it nailed that kind of youthful aspiration. Nancy Drew, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Look, okay, what? Uh, may, well, may, except may, may, that it can only go on a straight line. <laughs> hey, straight in Tokyo line, Drift, yeah. though, it you know they can drift one. It has a solid axle. They make okay drift cars. I've seen 2015 Mustangs do pretty good shit. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is just like the 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 thing that the Edsel got right was the idea of E Day. It was just the car sucked a ton mm-hmm. and it wasn't cool. <laughs> they needed to do that again with a car that actually didn't suck shit. And the Mustang was the perfect car for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next slide, please. My final slide, in fact, as we, we ask what happened to all the Edsels, and the answer is I, they just left them. Like, they crushed a bunch. They just left a bunch to rust, which they did. It's had a kind of a weird second run of popularity as a fun, quirky, sort of like preserved car, but much like every 50s car, it's like all of those have been rebuilt from scratch because the real thing is falling apart underneath. Um, and, and it's just this historical legacy of like mismanagement, and no one can quite agree on why. Um, there's sort of like d- different schools of thought about this, about whether like Ford had the right idea and the wrong timing, or just the wrong idea. Ultimately, I think it comes down to the fact that they put a big vagina on the front of it, and in a sort of deeply misogynist society, but yeah, that's that's the Ford Edsel. What did we learn from this? What can we say about this? Uh, disposability is bad, especially in something as large as a car. Mm. <laughs> I think you, I think you should take a, you know, you you should not own your car for one year and crush it. That's that's what I my takeaway. I didn't realize how. Ethereal e- cars were at this time. Oh yeah, I mean, even the like the sustainable, the small ones. Like, if you bought a Beetle, like, there's hardly any of those still around. Like, there's an unusually high number for fifties cars, but still not a lot. People crush them. Well, I'm just thinking like the same time, like the, too. 
Yeah. I'm just thinking like at the same time, like the railroads are still running stuff from like the 1890s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they don't have outlets, Ross. I mean, a lot of stuff. I guess, I guess the lesson Ross. here is as, as ever with cars, get a train. Yes, get a train. <laughs> Drive your train the around. Too, I think the thing that I just want to give credit to Ford for is like they did foresee a lot of the modern automotive industry. Like one of the things that's been interesting to me is like I, you know, I worked in the auto industry full time this year and we had several shows finally again after COVID and no one gave a shit. Nobody launched anything. Nobody released anything. There was like, I think Kia did a redesigned Nero. Um, and there was like some, a couple, a couple, uh, bespoke roles things. And I think infinity released a concept at, um, Hell beach, but like no one does main cycle, you know, big car show releases anymore. They, they pick their own days. They launch things on mm. eras where they can control a news cycle. They do, you know, one of the things I remember specifically about, like I went to the Integra launch. Um, what the fuck, man? <laughs> And that was a that was a Bye. car that that's okay. That was a car that was like a big deal and it was supposed to appeal to youth. Um and like I loved it personally, but like they did a whole big like NFT metaverse thing, right? And like oh, do I think it missed God. the mark? Absolutely. Oh, but they're they're trying to basically build and control a news cycle around every car launch now. And the Edsel was so good at being the 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 I mean whether you want to see this like visionary or a canary in the coal mine, it predicted the future state of the auto industry. And then the Mustang came out and it did it better. And then, Jeez. you know, everybody has improved upon it since then. And now we'll never see car shows be big again for automotive journalists. And you'll never be like, oh, I got the magazine, you know, automobile magazine after the auto show. Now it's going to be like, what are all the new models? You're not going to get that. You know, when the C, when the C8 like Corvette, a- when the, when the new, when the new Corvette was launched, um, they they controlled their entire news cycle around it. There was nothing happening otherwise. Like I'm pretty sure they made sure they paid off terrorists to make sure there was no bombings. <laughs> like they were like, this is the only thing in the headlines for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> so well, visionary in that way. It was also hideous. So that was also yeah. um, visionary too. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't like how every car looks now. I, I really don't care yeah, for it. I, this is I true. All the car, prefer all the, this. All cars look bad now. That all is, cars look the same. Mm. They all look the same. Well, a lot of that's crash standards and shit, this you cowards. True. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, yeah, they have that. You never should have invented are, aerodynamics either. Like, well, the second they worked out, they like, to make sure. That's to make sure you kill the pedestrian instead of injuring them. That means <laughs> there's less insurance, you know? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they shouldn't have developed wind tunnel shit to the point where you could like use a computer to determine the mathematical car shape because I've seen the most like the mathematically most efficient car shape and I fucking hate it. it looks like a it's called a Mercedes Benz EQS and it looks like a fucking jelly bean with wheels. I hate oh, it. it. Does. I hate that fucking car. Yeah. I mean, I I also like I've just well, and again, this is a thing I'll admit on a bonus episode. I have it out for Mercedes Benz. Because, like, as much as, you know, GM's engineers were looking (laughs) out for Nazis, I mean, my God. (laughs) Mercedes-Benz basically (laughs) built a car that was designed to run over trans women in the 30s. (laughs) I haven't forgiven them for that shit yet. (laughs) Nor should we. Please ignore my Volkswagen. Thank you. 
<laughs> Me when I have to kill Liam's Volkswagen during the revolution. <laughs> oh, let's that's, listen. That's <coughs> hesitation as I have the anti-material rifle. And you go into Camden, and you have Roz with you, and then you just, uh, to get the tune right, just stand on the accelerator, and then Roz gets very scared. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it was on the AC Expressway, not in Camden. No, we were going to the AC Expressway. Oh, okay, well, you know. Mm. Well, Victoria, yeah. thank you so much for coming on to talk about the Ford yes, Edsel. Yes, thank you, you were terrific, as always. Victoria. Thank you for coming on. Where can it's they find always you? my pleasure. If they don't know. Oh, by well, now. if Twitter exists by the time this episode comes out, it's at Mikuru Bayahina on Twitter. Um, otherwise, I have a website now rolls, called. Rolls right off the top. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, VantimeVictoria.com is my website. And I have oh, that's a. That's sweet. That's my, that's my website. And like, I'm trying to. I'm actually going to. After this podcast recording, I'm going to go finish a book that I'm almost done with and send out to my publisher, and it should be out by like early January. It's a photo book about like a sci fi book with trans women that I'm super no, excited about. That was, that's actually happening next year. This is a sci fi horror fiction story told through postcards. Um, and it's like post, post collapse America, kind of just like all my worst fears just written into a book, which is exactly what I love to write. So amazing, fun. Yeah, so that's that'll be out right. soon, uh, and um, yeah, if you buy a bunch of them, I can get an Edsel for myself. <laughs> Let's do it. Thank you so much for subscribing yeah. to the Patreon. Uh, we will be back with another regular episode. We'll also try and release these. No, I'm not going to commit myself to that. They come out when they come out. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we, got a, we got a we got a bunch stacked up right now. We should be back on schedule soon. Inshallah. So we won't. Inshallah. Be. Um. Go, go, uh, Iran in the World Cup. <laughs> Have Iran played Saudi Arabia yet? Because when they do, that's going to be an interesting time. That's, that's, uh, well, tomorrow Iran is playing, uh, or Saudi Arabia is playing Poland? I believe so. Yeah, so that's going to be, uh, that's a religious war right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prayer war. <laughs> well. We'll see you on, on, on the field of combat in, in, in Qatar. And uh, yes. we'll see you next time. Bye. Yes. Bye. Off feet is in.